Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Do you love to hear about transformations? I do. Where people who were once one way did one thing, acted in a certain manner, they now change, either incrementally or suddenly, microscopically or majestically, they change. A complete metamorphosis, a transformation. It's heartwarming because we don't really believe sometimes that it can happen, but it can. I've seen it. You've seen it. And I hope that you're seeing it in your own life. Here on Daily Devotions this week, we're going to be talking about stretching ourselves, changing ourselves through the help of the Word of God and the power of the Lord's Spirit. My name is Ken Gurley, and all this week, I want to talk about seeing the power of God in your own life and seeing the change take place. Let's look at a man in Scripture that happened to a man who lived in places where four-wheel drives would hesitate to go. He lived on the backside of the world's harshest wilderness, over the hill, some would say. A great disappointment, the majority would say. Adopted into royalty as a child, raised as a king's kid, yet here he was, practicing the most abominable trade that any Egyptian could think of. He was a shepherd. Not even a shepherd of his own flock, no. He watched over the sheep of Jethro, his father-in-law. At 80 years of age, God met this man in a burning, fiery bush encounter. God told him of the great deliverance that would be brought to God's people. The Lord also told him that he was to be entrusted with this remarkable deliverance, this exodus of immense proportions. How humbling it must have been to this man. He, a shepherd, would now become a deliverer. But Moses had changed more than his occupation. Forty years in the desert had worked a change in this man. He was no longer the proud, confident, self-reliant man he had once been four decades prior. Then he was ready to fight the Egyptians one at a time. But now he was the meekest man that ever lived as meek as the lambs he watched over. Then he had been trained in the powers of eloquent speech, but now he had spent so much time with these sheep, his speech was as halting and tentative as their own. Then he could fight with the sword and spear, but now all he had was a shepherd's rod in his hand. But he had encountered God in the form of a voice that spoke out of the bush at Moses telling him, Go, go into Egypt, go plunder Egypt, go deliver God's people. But Moses spoke haltingly, how? How will my people believe that I am to deliver them? You appear to me, but not to them. God then asked Moses an interesting question. What is that in your hand? What is that within your reach? God is not calling you to do something out there. He's calling you first to do something in here, something within your reach. God used David's sling and stone to bring down a giant. 
It was something he was familiar with. Jesus used a boy's lunch to do the miraculous. It was within reach. It's one of the most disturbing tendencies of people who want to be used by God. They automatically think that it's in some distant land. It may be. That may ultimately be where God wants you to be. But in the meanwhile, God is trying to work within your reach. So what is in your hand? What is within your own reach at this very moment? Simon Peter said that each of us are stewards of something, something just as powerful as the rod of God. We are stewards of the manifold grace in thine hand. What is in your hand? Simon Peter said it like this, as every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? Well, the answer is probably within your reach. It's probably already within your grasp. You are steward over something magnificent. God has placed something into your safekeeping. And all we need to know is what that is and how to step forward and experience the change that God has. What's the job description of a steward? A steward is one who is responsible for another person's goods, money, or family. In the Bible days, it would often be translated as governor or householder, someone who manages the possessions of another. Several stewards of note are mentioned in Scripture. I think of Eleazar, the trusted steward of Abraham. It was he that Abraham commanded to seek a bride for his son, Isaac. I think of Joseph, who was a steward in Potiphar's house and then acted in the same role in prison and then finally over all of Egypt. So each and every child of God has many goods, maybe we call them talents, committed to us or to our care. These talents can be intangible things, your personality, your intellect, your intuition, your temperament, your compassion, your mercy, your faith, or they can be tangible things like homes and cars and families and properties and portfolios, health, wealth, all placed within your care are riches which are not your own. They belong to another. God is the owner. We are just stewards of what he's invested in us. What's required of a steward? A steward must be faithful. That's what Paul said. It's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. One of the chief qualities in a steward is that he be faithful in the little things. Massive doors swing on small hinges. The person who recognizes that success rises and falls on the small and the seemingly insignificant details. That's a faithful steward. What is the promise of the Lord? If you are faithful in the little things, you will be made ruler over many things. A steward must be faithful to his master. A steward must be faithful to his master's best interest. In the legal realm, that's called being a fiduciary. A steward must be found faithful in his efforts to promote the master's interest. Be thou faithful unto death is the timeless commandment. Loyalty, I think, is a missing factor in today's world. But you, as a steward, put your shoulder to the wheel, stay at it, and God honors that.
A steward must be faithful. Here's another quality of a steward. A steward must be prudent, wise. Jesus asked the question, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? The second quality of good steward then is wisdom. Wisdom, prudence, it speaks of decision-making, knowing what is of priority, knowing what is needful. He's wise, not taking chances. A good steward then is faithful, and wise, and also busy doing the master's business. He doesn't hide the Lord's talents in the dirt. He's occupying until the master returns. It's in Christ's parable of the steward, he said, give an account of thy stewardship. So each and every one of us must give someday an account. What hinders us from being able to give a good account of what the Lord has invested in us? Well, the first thing, and we don't really like this word, is laziness. We take the minutes God has given us, the strength, those precious, finite units of energy, the abilities, we don't make good use of them. Each and every day we live, we should touch God. We should touch something that will live after us. You should touch somebody else, reach someone else, impact someone else's life. Here's another thing that hinders us from giving a good account self-will. That means mixed up priorities. We get our own will mixed up with God's will, and we tend to mind our own interests rather than God's interests. Jealousy. If we are jealous of what others possess, of the position of others, you and I will give an account, Paul said at Christ's judgment seat, of all the works done in this body, every idle word, every idle deed, You say, I wanted to do something else. I wanted to be like that person. I wanted to have their gifts, their talents, their abilities. I wanted a scepter, not this humble staff. Yes, but God takes you and me from where we are, gives us things within our reach, and he uses it for his own glory. Don't be jealous of another's calling and what God has given them. Find out what is within your reach and use it to full effectiveness. So God asked Moses that day, what do you have in your hand? Moses responded, I have this rod. I have this rod within my hand. God said, then take that rod in your hand, and you will do wonders through that rod. Later we read that when Moses took his wife and sons and placed them on donkeys for the long ride to Egypt, we read Moses took the rod of God in his hands. Notice something here. It had once been Moses' rod, but what he made available to God is now called the rod of God. Was God's word true? Did Moses work wonders with that rod? Yes. He marched into Egypt to deliver his people from the then mightiest power on earth, the power that raised pyramids and sphinxes. He delivered them with a lowly shepherd's rod. The rod turned into a serpent before Pharaoh's amazed eyes. Moses smote the waters of the Nile River. With that rod, God turned those waters into blood. He stretched the rod toward the heavens, and God sent thunder, hail, and fire. He waved the rod over Egypt, 
and locusts swarmed in plagues across the land. He stretched that rod over the Red Sea, and the waters parted. He stretched the rod back over the Red Sea, and the waters fell on the Egyptians. He smote a rock, and waters gushed out. And when the Amalekites attacked Israel while they were at Rephidim, Joshua fought in the valley below, while Moses stood on the mountain, holding up the rod of God. What is that in thine hand, Moses? It's a rod. But it's no longer my rod. It's no longer my staff. When I commit it to the hand of the Lord, it is his rod and his staff that goes with me. You see, Moses was a steward of something very powerful, the rod of God. And what was within his reach that God used remarkably changed his own life. And not only did that transformation come, he was taken out of the wilderness and thrust onto the world stage. Not only did it change him and his locale, his opinion perhaps of himself, it changed the destiny of the entire nation of Israel. He brought them out of the land of bondage and led them into the land of promise. What a change. God will use you. God will use what you have within your reach. It's not going to come from a distant galaxy or from the other side of the world. Right now, at this very moment, God has put something within your reach that can change you and your world. Thank you for sharing a daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way. Until we meet again.